0: Hello and welcome to Explicitly Us. Whether you're young, old, single or married, this podcast is for you. Light-hearted, family-friendly and full of laughs. It is guaranteed to put a smile on your face. So get on the treadmill or get another slice of cake, but just get ready because here they are. Live at the time of this recording, all the way from Table 19, your pizzas-ready studio, here are your hosts, Andy and Trista.
1: And we're back. We did pretty good last week. I think we're getting better.
2: You just got to work on that, not cutting me off at the end.
1: I know. And if you listen to last week, just know that we recorded, recorded this week just a few minutes later. So it's still fresh on our minds. So let's do this. Let's start off with a Paul Harvey Right off the gate, since I have it pulled up already. Can we do it? Go for it. All right, if you guys enjoyed last week's, enjoy today's.
0: Now, the rest of the story. Each of us has a different way of dealing with his frustrations. This one fellow you're about to meet was a horseback rider. Favorite horse, favorite riding paths, pretty much what you'd expect of a man with that interest. Horseback riding was his opportunity to unwind, to let his mind sort out and resolve the day's difficulties. And because his days were full, sometimes he found himself riding at night. I mean, actually, in the middle of the night. Not far from his home, there was this, what would you call it, a preserve? 500 acres of the most beautiful landscapes you ever saw. It was high ground, for the most part. Breathtaking vistas overlooking the city. There were grassy meadows and flower-blanketed slopes. There were orchards, and there were woodlands with trees of almost every kind. The perfect spot for horseback riding by sunlight or moonlight. And so it was one peaceful summer night that this man answered the call of that pastoral haven, saddled up, and rode out. At 11 o'clock, he was almost there. He was at the foot of the hill, riding slowly on the road that led to the entrance of the grounds. He was deep in thought when the gunshot rang out. The rest was a blur of happenings happening almost at once. The horse reared, then lunged forward at a gallop. The rider heard a bullet whistling past his ear. His hat fell off, or was shot off, impossible to tell during those anxious moments. From the sound it was a rifle discharged no more than 50 yards away. For the frightened horseman and his frightened horse, there was now the mutual objective of putting the most distance possible between them and the danger. At what the rider believed was a safe distance, he pulled back on the reins. At first he tried to comfort himself. Surely it had been an accident, perhaps perhaps a homebound hunter purposely emptying his rifle. Yet the more the rider thought about it, the more it seemed. Someone had been waiting for him in that still August evening. Someone had tried to kill him. He had always loved those late evening rides, now this. A friend in whom he confided the next day considered it a warning. And the warning was heeded in this much. It was the last lone midnight ride the horseman ever took. And if events to come do cast shadows, perhaps that was one. For only eight months later, that same horseman was dead, a bullet hole in his head. Of course, in the aftermath confusion of that final fatal tragedy, there was no time to recall that August midnight past on a lonely road three miles from the White House when a rifle bullet shattered the air only inches from the brain of President Abraham Lincoln. Only now you know the rest of the story. I love watching your face
1: yeah. while you're listening to the stories. When you hear who it, who they're talking about, I think it's funny. Ain't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln assassination attempt.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Were the kids banging on the door a second ago?
2: They're like skidding chairs around in the kitchen.
1: Yeah. Now, now they're, they're standing outside our window. <laughs> One second, everybody. I just paused and yelled at the kids. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah, so Abraham Lincoln used to take night rides. I think that's probably just as interesting as the assassination attempt that as president he was taking rides in the middle of the night. I didn't know that about him. Forget the extra assassination attempt.
2: The White House. So obviously it wasn't like city like
1: as much as, it, as, as, much it, is as now. it is now no and it said three miles away so what reserve is three miles away from the white or like not reserve yeah i guess he said it was a reserve Pre- preserve. preserve preserve there's probably some park around there that we don't know about that everybody listening knows about but he was riding in that area and there was an attempt on his life very cool That's why we like it. I'm sorry for the audio on the Paul Harvey uh, segments, but uh, that's just, you know, a lot of these recordings are very old, before digital. A lot of these are pre-digital. So, you know, we're we're dealing with how many times it was transferred (laughs) over analog to different, uh, to various. Sounds
2: like an old radio broadcast.
1: Yeah, it does. But it's like over various...
2: How many years did he do it? Because he sounded his voice sounded younger in that one than in the previous one. Oh, ones. is that right? To me. I thought his voice sounded younger.
1: Let me tell you. I'll tell you right here. Um how long did it no. That's not the right one.
2: Do they each tell you when they were released or anything?
1: No. Da, da, da. I'm looking. Can't find it. Maybe it's under here. Let me check this. And the rest of the story, also known as Trots, T-R-O-T-S, oh. the rest of the story, Trots. <laughs> Had been a staple of Paul Harvey from the time it was introduced in May 1976 through Paul Harvey's death in February
2: 2009. Oh, wow. That's a
1: lot of stories. I mean, at some point he had to make something up.
2: (laughs) So his voice would have changed. Yeah. Pretty.
1: This was usually aired Monday through Friday of each week in the early to late afternoon and sometimes was repeated in the early evening. Each broadcast started with you know what the news is Wait, hold on. Let me do this again. Oh, here we go. You know what the news is. In a minute, you're going to hear the rest of the story. That's how sometimes the broadcast would start. This was followed by a 30 second commercial and then the story itself. I remember the commercials, yeah. There was always a little commercial he would do a he would do a little blurb.
2: Do you think the stories got recycled at some point? Maybe.
1: That's possible. Without the intro and commercial, they are approximately three minutes and 45 seconds long.
2: <laughs>
1: they These were normally pre-recorded well in advance with the daily morning and noon news was recorded earlier in the day. Um, Trot's stories were written by Paul Harvey Jr. and were hosted by either Paul or in later u- years by Paul Jr., as a substitute host. I don't think I've ever heard Paul Jr. Maybe we'll come by him one of these days. Following Paul's death. Doug Limerick was chosen to be the show's new host. But it was cancelled three weeks after Paul's death. Mm. Wow. That's not long at all.
2: It was Paul Harvey or nothing.
1: Mm-hmm. Oftentimes Paul would do a revisit on the same subject. Most of the time. They were the exact same script. However, there were times that the script was modified or completely rewritten. These are denoted with a version number following the subject name. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: How cool is that? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Let's see here. Huh. Very good. Oh, high quality. There's some that have higher quality. Good to know. I'll know next time I look them up. All right. Well, that was cool. Sorry, you guys had to listen to us jabber on. <laughs>
2: Figuring it out.
1: I think you have a word of the day, don't you? I do. Teach us a word of the day. We've we've um, had some people respond say they enjoy the word of the day, and they try to find a sentence to use it in, and they can't. Yeah,
2: I yeah. Sometimes I struggle with it as well. I found a sentence. I actually wrote out a sentence for this one.
1: But is it something that we're gonna use?
2: You could. I mean, a lot of these words, there's a reason why people don't use them anymore. It's because there's a simpler way to use, to say the same thing now.
1: And some of them are from another country, another English-speaking country. I think I think we're not...
2: Well, the majority of them are not yeah. American words. Right. They're old. We're looking for old words that aren't used anymore. I want
1: old American.
2: Well, it's just they're going to be really hard to come by.
1: All right, continue.
2: Okay, so the word of the day is caconate caconate
1: I know what this is
2: spelled c-a-c-h-i-n-n-a-t-e
1: this is when this is when a store um, a clothing store um, takes on a a sales um, theme of khakis for everyone and it's called the cacanate sail. Mm.
2: Close, but no. <laughs> um, it is a verb. And it means to laugh loudly.
1: <laughs>
2: the sentence I, I have is, he cacanated until his sides must have hurt.
1: <laughs>
2: See, we just wouldn't say that anymore. So- we you would could, say he laughed.
1: I know. So here's what you could. Here's how you could use it, though. Would or you, he. When you hear somebody out loud, when you hear somebody laughing and they're really annoying, they have a really annoying laugh. You're like, you have the most annoying cacanate I've ever heard. You probably wouldn't say it like that.
2: Probably not. You're probably
1: not gonna say you and annoying in the same sentence. Well, that's an annoying cacanate.
2: You're using it as a noun, though, oh. and not as a verb.
1: Sorry. I'll fix that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yep, that was absolutely. a good word.
2: Yeah, it comes from, you know, in the English, like old English language. Yeah. They said it, it's similar to cackle, cackle, but yet they're not derived from the right? same.
1: <laughs> How is it not the same? That's got to be well, driven from the same. this
2: one comes, I think they said, from a certain word in Latin. And caco comes from a certain word in another language.
1: But that word in the other language probably comes from Latin.
2: Apparently not.
1: Nah, it does.
2: Apparently not. I disagree not. with
1: your research.
2: But they do have similar meanings.
1: Ah, I, I probably won't use it. Yeah. I'll be honest. It's not anything We're personal
2: just Not cool like that now nah,
1: <laughs> you have an annoying laugh yeah we'll stick with that anyways what else you got for us oh is that it That's. i thought that's you it. had i thought you had more
2: on the word of the day
1: yeah
2: that was all of it on anything that was all of it
1: there was something else i was going to talk to you about and i don't remember what it was Something that I was saving for the podcast.
2: You should have written it down. Nah. Nah. Nothing you don't remember.
1: I don't need to write it down.
2: Yeah, but now you don't remember.
1: True enough. (laughs) Are you enjoying your summer?
2: I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Okay.
1: We turn our phones off. Oh, that's my phone. (laughs) It's not me. Hold on one second. Let me answer this. Hello? Um,
0: Yes, hello. I'm I'm bothering you with something, right? You're in the middle of something.
1: Well, we're in the middle of recording explicitly us. Oh,
0: I am so sorry. Can I ask you a quick question anyway?
1: Sure, go right right ahead.
0: We thought about what we could bring over there, especially for the kids. They do pop-tarts. They like pop-tarts, right?
1: They do like pop-tarts, yes.
0: Chocolate, fruit, what is better for them?
1: They uh, like chocolate. They
2: like chocolate. <laughs> they like
0: chocolate. And I don't okay. buy them chocolate. Very so. good. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry for interrupting uh, your
1: broadcast. No, no problem at all. I'll I'll talk okay. to you maybe uh, later today or tomorrow.
0: Sure, that's fine. All right, see you,
1: all man. Right, thank you. Bye. 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 Well, that'll be a nice surprise for him. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... You're trying to enjoy this summer.
2: I am. I'm finding I have a hard time, like doing nothing. Like I have, like I feel like it's my summer. I should just be like, like reading all day, and and I and I could do that. I just I have a hard time.
1: It's the benefit of being being a homemaker.
2: Productive, like. And then I get to the end of the day and I'm like, I wasn't productive enough. And then I'm like, it's my summer break. But it's been good.
1: Well, as far as, like, I wasn't joking. It's really a a benefit of being a homemaker and and staying ahead of your jobs. If, If you're taking care of your family, doing everything you're supposed to do, and, you know, do whatever you want. If you want to sit around all day, I... I surely don't care. The kids are being fed. uh, You know, the house is clean. You're tending your garden, you know, and you're participating in the ministry, you know, when those things come up. When all of your chores are done in your life and all of your obligations are done, go right ahead. If you just relax.
2: Well, and it's... I, it's not that I feel like I need permission, necessarily. No, Although, I'm encouraging you. I'm
1: encouraging you. I'm not giving you permission. I I'm just, encouraging within you. Within
2: myself, I have a hard time of just, you know, being leisurely, I guess. I don't know. hmm But, I mean, I worked a puzzle. I finished a puzzle so far, and I started a new one. Did you one. finish it? I So I got about halfway through it, and the kids got interested in it. So the kids helped me finish it really without my permission. They just kind of were like, Mm -hmm. we're finishing this puzzle. So I allowed them to to finish that up. Um, It was fine. It was a Star Wars puzzle anyway, so they got interested in it. And then I started a new one last night that I think is going to be a bit of a struggle. Um, you bought this puzzle. It's one of your favorite paintings to look at. Mm-hmm. Do you even know what the title of it is? I like how
1: you said that. It's one of your favorite paintings to look at.
2: Well, I mean, you see it like places, and it like catches your eye. You're yeah. like, I like. I remember it. where I saw it. Visually I saw it, I it when like we this. were
1: when we were on a cruise in the art gallery. Yeah. You know those art galleries and on the cruises, and they want you to spend like four or five thousand dollars on a painting.
2: So, it's one within like a collection, yeah, of similar probably. style yeah, it, paintings.
1: I don't know who the artist is. I could probably look the person up, but, and I don't know enough about art to tell you what kind of um, style it is. Well, what would you call it? Like, if you had to give it a name? I don't
2: think it's, I don't think it would fall under Impressionist.
1: Hmm.
2: Um,. It's like, you know, the muted colors. It's not like hard lines. Um, it's the one... You you need to look up the name of it. Did you find it?
1: No, I looked up Impressionism. <laughs> um, yeah, it, yeah, actually, it fits well to this Maybe. other Impressionist. Let's see. 19th century art movement characterized by relatively small, thin, yet visible brush strokes. Open composition emphasis on accurate depiction of light in its changing qualities, often uh, accentuated the effects of the passage of time. I don't know what that's talking about. Ordinarily, I'm sorry, ordinary subject matter, inclusion of movement as a crucial element of human perception and experience, and unusual visual angles. Impressionism originated with a group of Paris-based artists whose independent exhibitions brought them to prominence during the 1870s and 1880s. I will say this: I like impressionism. Based off of this photo, I think impressionism is is one of my favorite types of art. I like it. It's it's. I don't, I, don't, I can't. It's very interesting. Um. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot of different forms of Impressionism, even at that.
2: So this particular painting, I think you I think it's called Walking in the Rain.
1: OK, did you look it up?
2: Kind of. I'm on something here. Um, I think the artist is I don't I would not know how to say this. Leonid, Leonid Leonid. <laughs> I'm that. I don't know. But it's, you know, the couple, you see the backs of them kind of silhouetted, walking down this colorful street. Maybe it's like fall and raining.
1: But is it true that there's... All right, so there's probably one main picture of walking in the rain. and then there's tons of remakes. A lot of remakes of artists. Yes. Kind of like people do with Van Gogh's Starry Night.
2: But I'm sure everybody knows it's a very well-known painting.
1: Well... Looking it up as we're talking.
2: All right. You look it up as we're talking. So he bought me a puzzle of this painting. And so if you've seen it, it's just all like all these colors. And so they actually. Mm, so pretty. The paint, the um, puzzle is like a wooden puzzle. It's has the same um, material like a popsicle stick. It's that kind of. Thin wood interesting, and so they're kind of difficult to piece together, but yet at the same time, it's a pretty solid, you know, puzzle. But they, it's I guess it's so difficult, they put letters on the back for the different sections, so it's like sections from A to H, and so it took me like what an hour just to do the border. And so I took all of the, I flipped them all over and took, took them and separated them by sections and laid them out in the puzzle in the right sections. You cheated. It's so, it's going to be so difficult as it is with all of the colors just, and it's not like one section has one color and another, it's like all like blended together. The entire puzzle has all of the different colors. So we'll see how, how it goes. I didn't know that. Yeah. It um, looks like it's pretty tough.
1: French? Is the guy French?
2: Did you look up his name?
1: I'm I'm trying to look up what kind of painting it is called. It's either acrylic or oil. Yep. I don't know what it is, y'all. But look it up. Type uh, Walking in the Rain. Into your um, Google search and see what comes up. I like it. I like all the colors. Um,
2: you had bought me this as a um, paint by number,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: um, like four years ago, and
1: and at the time we're I, you weren't looking for a hobby, but I just thought you're
2: always looking for hobbies for me. I
1: am because I, I want people to. In- Enjoy a hobby,
2: and so I started it.
1: <laughs> I don't know why I
2: started it, but it takes a lot of concentration. And if you've ever done a paint by number, like it's pretty intense.
1: Paint by number, like, hold on, it's not just paint by number. It's paint by number, like adult version, really microscopic areas yeah. you're painting with. Like
2: you can barely see you. Some of them you can barely make out the number because like the space is so small. Yeah. And so like I worked on it for a while Very intricate. and then I set it on the shelf for a while and then I pulled it out again and I worked on it for a while and I got, I mean, a lot of it done.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um. And then in the course of like time, probably because of how, you know, our house is set up pretty open air and everything and the humidity, the numbers completely faded off. So I have, I still have like some of the outlines of where everything is, Mm -hmm. but there's like no numbers.
1: Nope.
2: (laughs) And so then I pulled it out and I'm like, I can still do this because I had a paper they sent that had, you know, all of the numbers on it as well. So I was like, I'll look at the paper. I'll find where it's supposed to be on the painting. Cause it's all supposed to kind of blend together anyway. So it doesn't have to be like perfect, perfect. Cause that's the type of painting Mm -hmm. it is. And it was like, Twice as tedious as doing it with the numbers, I imagine. which is already super tedious. So I was like, maybe I, I need to start over again with something smaller, like a I like think a you, five by seven. This was like a pretty large canvas. I it don't was know the dimensions, but it was a larger size. It would canvas. have been a very
1: nice canvas to hang on the wall. <laughs> was would. what I was thinking. Yeah, I was trying to get my own uh, "Walking in the yeah. Rain" painting. But
2: I can finish the puzzle, and then we'll do one of those things where you glue it onto something and make it permanent. <laughs> we'll use the puzzle as a painting.
1: I think...
2: I bet it'll be pretty.
1: I think I would rather have the poster that it was sent with.
2: Oh, yeah. It did come with a life-size, you know, yeah, same as the I, puzzle poster. So I put that up, like, behind where I'm working. And I, I, I think that's going to help a I think I'd rather
1: iron out the creases and put that in a frame, uh, over oh. a puzzle. I'm not a big fan of puzzles being framed.
2: Do you remember when we first got married and you bought me that um, I think you bought it. The print of Starry Night. Mm-hmm. And we put it up behind our bed. Mm-hmm. It was big and it was pretty.
1: Yeah, Starry Night's a, a neat painting as well. Speaking about art, you know what I'm not a fan of? calling anything art
2: uh, yeah
1: does that bother you not that i'm bothered it but just can. anything I mean, is art
2: things where it like really takes no creativity or time zero zero it's kind of like eh. Well, i mean and it's some of it's cool like have you seen the ones where they take like they poke like a hole in the bottom of a can and they have it on a string and and there's this big canvas on the ground and they just like swing it and it makes like yeah, spirals not of art. colors. Not art.
1: That's called, no, that's called an activity. <laughs> that's called a preschool activity. That's arts
2: and crafts. That's <laughs> arts and crafts.
1: That's not art. It's interesting the pattern that comes out. It's not art. It took zero skill to do that.
2: It would be like a fun project, but like to okay. sell for probably to me, what, thousands and thousands of dollars that it does. Yeah.
1: To me, it's it's the, it's the. All right, so you have people like Van Gogh or, give me another painter. Anybody else? Rembrandt. Rembrandt. Okay, you have, or or even Churchill, for crying out loud. George Bush is (laughs) an artist more than a lot of these people. You have all these people. Norman Rockwell. Norman Rockwell. Oh, my goodness. Norman (laughs) Rockwell. Okay, Norman Rockwell. Oh, Bob Ross. Oh, yeah. All these people are artists. Okay, these people... Each one of them is an individual symphony orchestra. Okay, that's what they are. They're a symphony orchestra. The person who's swinging the paint on the can, uh, you know, over the painting, they're an unexperienced musician banging on a paint can, <laughs> right, and singing off key. That's that's the difference. And then, or or there are these people that are performing in the bars, you know, and they're singing like karaoke. You're right? They're half drunk and they're singing karaoke and people are like, Oh, you should go you should go get lessons. You're awesome. No. You're just an American Idol. <laughs> yeah, you're just um ex you expressing yourself. Okay, yeah. You're expressing yourself, but just because you express yourself doesn't mean it's talent in the field of music. And just because you're expressing yourself as an artist doesn't mean you're talented in the field of being an artist. You know, you got uh, who did the David sculpture?
2: Wasn't Michelangelo. Maybe,
1: maybe. I don't know. We don't know. Listen, guys, we're not. We did not take. We're not
2: artsy. We did
1: not take Art 101. Not um What are those guys? Da Vinci. Was it Da Vinci or Michelangelo? Uh, it
2: was Michelangelo. He was a painter. Leonardo?
1: Was it Donatello? Was it Raphael? <laughs> was it Master Splinter? <laughs> All right. Donatello. Donatello. Okay. So... <laughs> Anyways, that person, yeah, okay, it's art. I can see that being art, even though it's just a naked man. I can see it being art. Um, but if you just take a metal post and stick it in the ground or something and then put a plaque beside it and they call it art, it's not art. We call that the start of a playground. <laughs> Okay, I remember playing uh, up in Michigan at a church on a playground, and they took big tractor tires, and they planted half of them in the ground, and were standing them upright, and kids could jump on these tires and go in the middle of these tires and run back, you know. Uh, So by some artist standards, they would call that art, (laughs) but it's not art. It's a tire sticking in the ground, Okay. So, like you were saying, there are a lot of things that are interesting, or some of these crazy paintings, like you know, just completely white with a black dot in the middle, and they call it art. No, it's not. People stare at it's it. It's not art. It's not art. It's called a, um, what's it? a scam? Is what it's called. It's called a scam, and the people doing it are a scam artist. So, all of that. So they are artists. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> They're artists. They're scam artists. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Thank you for joining us on the Explicitly Us podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please do. You'll be the first to listen to our show when it's released every Monday. See you next time on Explicitly Us.